Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and Isn't encourages you. It's good to be in the house of God. So good. So good. The title of my message today is Stay Home. Stay Home. And I'll explain that <laughs> in a moment. Chelsea spoke um, a couple of weeks ago about Welcome Home, about the prodigal son coming home. And, and this. Um, story that we're going to look at today is another kind of prodigal returned home type story, but um, it's good if we never leave home, isn't it? Home being the place where God has planted us and purposed us. It's good to stay where God has planted you and be fruitful there, isn't it? So we're going to look at Naomi today. We find her story in the book of Ruth. Um, If you've heard this story spoken about before, don't switch off and go, oh, I've heard this before. Because hopefully I'm going to bring out something new that applies to where you're at today that maybe you haven't heard before. So, um, yeah, let's let's explore this story. Just before I do, being Mother's Day, there's a mother's group starting up. So it's going to be at Michaela's house. Michaela and Casey are up the back there. So um, that's on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, starting this week, every second Tuesday. So go and talk to Michaela later if you're interested in being part of our mums group. Yes. So the book of Ruth begins with, um, there's a famine in Bethlehem. Bethlehem actually means house of bread, which is interesting because it's the place of Jesus' birth. And Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is our source of strength and nourishment and he was born in Bethlehem which is the house of bread and Bethlehem was always meant to be a food bowl, it was always meant to be a flourishing place of God's blessing but um, the Israelites had once again not followed God faithfully, not honoured God and so God had withdrawn rain not to punish them but to get their attention. Who knows that God wants to get our attention when our mind wanders, when our path wanders, when we wander from our purpose. He loves us enough to cause something to happen to get our attention. Aren't you glad about that? He loves us enough to want to get our attention and to not allow us to continue down a path that we're not meant to continue down. So there was a famine And Naomi and her husband, his name was Elimelech, they made a decision as parents, as a couple. Who knows that the decisions that we make on behalf of our family are extremely important. Extremely important to us and the generations that follow us. That's why we need to stay where God has planted us. So the generations beyond can flourish in the house of God. So they made a decision that affected them and their children and that decision was to leave Bethlehem, the house of bread, and to go and to live with an ungodly nation called the Moabites because they weren't having drought and they had food. And who knows that sometimes, you know, as Christians, we can look at non-Christians and go, well, why is everything going well for them? Why am I going through a hard time and they're cruising through life and maybe I should go and live like them for a while? No, don't let your head go there. 
But that's where they went. I don't think they sought God with that decision. I think that was just a decision that looked like a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. And so um, things didn't go well after that. Naomi's husband passed away. She was left just with her two sons. Her two sons then married Moabite women, because that's the only choice they had. They married women that weren't following God. And then um, a while later, the two sons also passed away. So then Naomi was left in Moab with her two daughters-in-law. And she had a moment of clarity and thought, maybe I need to go back where I began. Maybe I need to go back home. Maybe I should have stayed home to begin with and not, want, and not wandered off. So she made the decision to go back home. She says to her daughters-in-law, you don't have to come with me. You can stay here and go back to your families. There was one called Orpah and she decided to go back to her old way of life. But Ruth decided, I'm going to stay with Naomi. They'd formed a relationship. They had a good, they'd been through a lot together. And Ruth valued relationship. Who knows that relationship is important? The people that God places us with, it's important to acknowledge those God-ordained relationships and to stick with them, isn't it? So she she's had enough discernment to know that God had put her with Naomi and she wanted to stick with Naomi. So they went back to Bethlehem. So my first point is stay close to God. You know, some people say home is where the heart is. Home is where God is. Home is where God has positioned you. Home is where you get fed and encouraged in your walk with God. So stay close to God. Even in tough seasons and especially in tough seasons, stay close to God. We need to discern the season that we're in and the choice that we make in that season is really important, as I said, for us and our family. Ask the Holy Spirit what you need to do in every season of your life. The famine that they were experiencing could have been corrected through repentance, just by turning their hearts towards God again. The rain would have come, the blessing would have come. That season could have been changed in a moment. We, it just takes a choice sometimes, doesn't it? Life is full of choices and it takes a choice to lean into God that can bring so much blessing when things are tough. But they m- misunderstood the season that they're in and who knows that most seasons eventually pass. Most seasons are temporary, yeah? They don't last forever if we do the right thing. And there's a quote that I love that says, this too will pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. So sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's intense. But it won't last forever and it will pass. And the closer we stay to God, the better it is, isn't it? But they went looking for bread where they had no business looking for bread. They found themselves coveting what the ungodly had and venturing into that territory. And we have no business looking for bread where we shouldn't be looking for bread because we can have bread in our own house because Jesus is the bread of life. And we need to take care of home. Sometimes there's a drought at home because we haven't been caring for home. 
Sometimes there's a drought in our family because we haven't been caring, sowing into our family and, and, you know, making sure there's bread in our own house. Make sure there's something cooking in our own kitchen. Make sure our house is warm and nurtured and cared for and that we're sowing into our family, we're sowing into our marriage. If it's dry at home, don't go looking for bread in someone else's house. Get something cooking in your own kitchen, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Take care of your own house. They had everything they needed already in Bethlehem. They just didn't see it and they took it for granted. They didn't identify it. So they go back. They finally go back. Okay. And they find... Oh, hang on. I've got a quote for you. This is Dr. Darius Daniels. Dr. Darius Daniels from America. And he says something very wise. He says, The course and the quality of your life is not only determined by who you are and where you are, but also who you're with. So the people that we choose to do life with are really important. Really important to our direction and to the quality of our life. Relationships matter, don't they? Relationships matter a lot. You know, I I went for a, a walk... This might sound bizarre, but I took Hunter for a walk yesterday. And around the corner from our house is a cemetery. So I just, took in, I just went for a walk through the cemetery. I know it's not something you do every day. But um, I was just reading um, people's um, stones, people's um, gravestones. And it's interesting when someone gets to the end of their life, what they mark their life with. Because none of those so- stones said... Here lies Joe Smith who made $250,000 a year. Or, you know, here lies Jane Jones who um, was the head of a corporate business or whatever, you know, it says son of, wife of, husband of, daughter of. It's all about relationships. When you, when you boil life down to what really matters, it's all about whose daughter we are, whose sister we are, whose son we are, whose father we are, whose grandfather we are, whose grandmother we are. It's all about relationships. Relationships matter. And, you know, nothing impacts our peace and our purpose like the people that we do life with. Nothing impacts our peace and our purpose, like the people that we choose to walk alongside. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, but he who associates with fools will suffer harm. He who associates with fools will suffer harm. doesn't say he who is a fool. You don't even have to be a fool. You just have to hang around with them and you will suffer because their choices affect your choices. The consequences affect you as well. So be careful who you're spending time with. Choose. Don't just fall in with a crowd. Choose a crowd. Choose. It's a choice. Who we allow in our lives. 
So they went back to the community that Naomi had left and they found support there. They found encouragement there. They found relatives who took them in and took care of them. Which leads me to my second point, stay close to community. God created us to do life together, to do life in community, not to do life alone. The Israelites had a structure in place that God put in place to take care of the widows, the orphans and the disadvantaged. And one of those things was that when they harvested a field, they only harvested the centre of the field and they left some of the crop around the outside so that the disadvantaged could come and get food. That was one of the things that they did as a community to look after each other. So when Naomi and Ruth went back to Bethlehem, that's how they survived. They went and they got the leftover grain from this guy's field and his name was Boaz. So Boaz was a relative of Naomi's. And he noticed Ruth and he said, you come and get whatever you need. You go and get water when you need it. I'll tell my workmen to leave you alone so that you can be in peace. And he took a bit of a liking to Ruth. He wanted to care for her. I think he was a bit sweet on her from the beginning, Boaz was. He had his eye on her. So this um, book is also a little bit of a love story. And on Mother's Day, we love a bit of a love story, don't we? Yeah? Um, Because God is the author of love and beautiful relationships. And God brings people together. Did you know that? It's part of his plan to bring people together. So, Ruth and Naomi were taken care of by Boaz. But it's part of how our community functions. And we live in a society that's very focused on the individual, don't we? Today, it's all about what you want to achieve, you you know, what makes you happy. But decades ago, people used to make sacrifices on behalf of the community that they lived in. They used to give and provide for and contribute so much more to the community that they lived in. And I think that's how God intended us to live, don't you? As a community of people who encourage one another, who um, provide for one another, who do life together, who are conscious of how each other are doing, yeah? I think that is very evident when you read the Bible, that they did everything in community, They travelled in communities, they lived in communities, they worshipped in communities, they um, identified as communities. So God created community and Naomi and Ruth went back to the community that would support them and care for them. God created community because it, it provides companionship. Community provides companionship, it provides compassion, accountability support and protection. Within this community, we have support and we have protection and we care for each other and we look out for each other and we pray for each other and we encourage each other and we support each other. And I want to encourage you to be connected to this community, to sow into this community as well as receive from this community. And don't distance yourself because God... There's a reason why you're here. God has a plan for you to be here. He wants you to be connected. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants us to serve him together. It's 
It's so satisfying to serve him together. Let's make it fun when we serve him together. You know, when you're on the coffee cart, when you're in the cleaning team, when you're um, welcoming people, make it fun. Like it's meant to be a joy to serve God. So let's do it. Um, Enjoy getting together with your team and serving God. So they went back to their community and they were supported there. So number three is stay under covering. That's, that's another thing that God has ordained is that we have protection and we have covering. And that comes in the form of looking out for each other. Having people that you can go to for advice. Having people that have, you know, done a bit of life that you haven't done yet and you can go to them and seek wise counsel. That's all part of covering and protecting each other and staying in God's blessing. So after Ruth had been allowed to gather grain from the field of Boaz, Naomi says to her one day, you know, I think this relationship with Boaz that's going on, right, I think that's a God thing and I think it's time for you to make a move, okay? She's a wise older woman giving counsel to a younger woman. That's part of community, right? It's meant to happen, It's meant to happen. Um, I don't think it happens enough in this day and age. You know, we, the more mature ones, we're meant to speak into the younger ones' lives and they're meant to receive it. It's meant to happen in, in a godly community. So Naomi goes to Ruth and she says, I think this is a God thing. I think it's time for you to, to show him that you're willing to become his wife. So she says, this is a, something that happened in their culture that we don't do anymore, but this is what she said. You go and um, when he's asleep, you need to lie down at his feet because that shows that you're, you're willing to come under his covering. You're willing to submit to his leadership and you want him to become your husband. So she went and she lay down at his feet while he was asleep and she uncovered his feet. That was to wake him up, get his attention. You know when you get cold feet and you wake up? So, and yeah, apparent, I get, I wake up if I get cold feet, but not cold feet in the way that he didn't want to marry her, <laughs> not like that. But um, so we were t- <laughs> we were talking about this in Bible college, and we thought maybe she gave him a bit of a foot massage with some essential oils, you know, just to give him a taste of what was to come in marriage. Um. That's what we do for our husbands all the time. (laughs) Maybe she gave him a bit of a pedicure, clipped his nails for him, tickled his feet. I don't know. But um, so she got his attention and he woke up and he's like, oh, there's this woman lying at my feet. And, um, And she asked him to cover her with his cloak, which is a metaphor for marriage, to be to be her covering, to be her husband, to protect her, to provide for her. And um, so he, he said yes. And so they got married and there, therein lies the beautiful love story. But he had proven himself to be a man of integrity. She had um, watched his life and she knew that he was a man of integrity and he was the kind of man that she wanted to marry. So because it's Mother's Day, this is my moment for motherly advice. 
So this is what I tell my kids who are single and one of them has found an awesome woman already, so I'm doing good. So listen up. Okay, if you're single, you need to wait for the one that God has for you. Girls, you need to wait for your Boaz. You need to wait. A bow means someone who is a gentleman, who is going to look out for you, take care of you, and be a good influence, a godly influence in your life. So you need to wait for your Boaz. So don't settle for inferior, his inferior relatives like slack as, or ungodly as, or lazy as. Don't settle for any of those as. You want to wait for your bow as, your bow. Okay, not drunk as. Not loser as. <laughs> wait for your bow as. And boys, you need to wait for your Ruth. I can't think of any rhymes for Ruth, but she was a good struth. Don't just go, Struth, she looks good, I'll marry her. She has to be a godly woman. She has to be a faithful, godly, compassionate, hardworking, loyal, loyal woman. Okay? It's not just, yeah, Struth, she's all right. (laughs) Observe their life for a while and watch how they treat people. Got some background music. What is it? Is that low? Can, that's something only I can hear, is it? <laughs> can anyone smell toast? <laughs> 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 so, dating is meant to be about gathering data. If you're already married, this is advice that you can give other people. Dating is about gathering data. It's not about filling a temporary emotional need. Before you get emotionally attached, observe. This is the time where you get to know someone so you can make an informed decision about whether they're going to be a good person emotionally long-term for you, physically and spiritually, whether they're going to be good for you. So use wisdom. Use wisdom. When you don't have a word from God, use wisdom. But even when you do, use wisdom. Get godly counsel from someone who is wise, from more than one person who is wise. You know that being equally yoked, I used to think it was something to do with eggs. You know how you get double yokers and it's like you get two yolks in one egg. I thought it was something like that. That, you know, the person you're married, you're meant to be like two little yolks in one egg. But it's more than that, right? It's, I know, it's cute. That's what I thought it was. (laughs) But being equally yoked is actually about ox. You know, when they used to yoke them together, they used to put a yoke on them so they could pull a heavy load. And they used to yoke two together. So when you get married, you're meant to be equally yoked because there's going to be times in life where you've got to carry a load, where you've got to go through some tough stuff and you better both be able to pull together in the same direction and you better both be able to pray together and keep in step together and be heading in the same direction together, together and be focused on God together because if one of you is going this way and one of you is going that way, life is going to be awful. So 
being equally yoked means being partnered with someone who honours God like you honour God. Because it's hard doing life with someone who's not in step with you. It's a hard journey. It's a tough journey. So when someone cautions you about that, please listen. Please listen. And if God prompts you to caution someone about that, please listen. Please be obedient. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So if you're going to make a decision about marriage or a financial decision or any decision that's going to have any impact on your life, seek godly counsel. And it says many, so that means more than just one person who might agree with you. Ask more than one person, wise people who would tell you the truth. Pray into it. Seek God about it. Stay under covering. And one last point about covering is covering is not control. Covering is counsel. Covering is part of a godly community. Some people have been abused by authority figures and so they're afraid to come under covering. But covering in the house of God is godly counsel and it's a good thing. It's not control. It's protection. Number four, stay under his calling. Stay under his calling. Where do we get our identity from? Where do we get our identity from? Our father. (laughs) It's not a cryptic question. (laughs) It's just a simple question. I just want to make you think for a second. We get our identity from our father. Don't define yourself by the season that you're in. Define yourself by the identity that your father gives you. When Naomi had gone through that awful time when she'd lost her husband, she'd lost her two sons, she said to Ruth, I don't want you to call me Naomi anymore. Naomi means sweet. That was her, that's what she was called. She was called sweet by her parents. She said, I want you to call me Mara, which means bitter. So she was identifying with the season that she was in. She was defining herself by the season that she was in. It's very hard to leave a season when your identity has become wrapped up in it. Don't allow your identity to be defined by the season that you're in because you're meant to pass through that season into the new season that God has for you. So don't call yourself bitter. Don't call yourself sick. Don't call yourself depressed. Don't call yourself hard done by. Don't call yourself rejected. Don't call yourself those things because it's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe. Call yourself blessed. Call yourself favoured. Call yourself a son and a daughter of God. Call yourself in moving on into a better season. Because that's what your father calls you. So agree with that. Don't agree with the lies that the enemy is trying to tell you. And the sad thing is that Naomi, this was her one downfall, that she defined herself by the hardship that she was going through. Not only that, but she defined her sons 
<laughs> her son's names were Marlon, which means invalid. You wonder why her sons didn't live very long. They didn't live to an to a old age because she defined them by a season. Maybe when Marlon was born, he was sickly, but she could, should have called him strength. She should have spoken strength over his life and not defined him by his moment of birth because God had a plan for him and God had a longevity for him, but she couldn't see it because she couldn't see past the season that she was in. So, and she called her second son Chillin, which means weak. Chillian, which means waste away, weak, wither. Why would you call a child that? Even if he was weak when he was born, she should have called him strong. She, she should have spoken strength over him. So I want to encourage you, prophesy strength over your life. Prophesy goodness over your life, favour over your life, and prophesy over your children. Don't define them by a season that they're in. Maybe they're rebellious at the moment, but don't call them rebellion. Maybe they've lost their way, but don't call them lost. Maybe they're broken at the moment. Don't call them broken. Call them strong. Call them called. Call them destined. Call them how God sees them and what he has for them in the future. Agree with God's plan. Agree with his plan and his destiny. Because when we do that, we empower him to bring it to fruition. Because when two or three agree on any one thing, it is done by our Father in heaven. We need to agree, don't we? But one thing that Naomi did do well is she knew when she needed to go home. She knew when she needed to return to the source of her strength. And she took Ruth with her. You know, as soon as you realise you've wandered from God's path or God's plan for a moment, you need to turn and go home. You need to turn and get your feet back in the house of God. You need to turn around as soon as you realise, and it's never too late to get back on track. Don't think, oh, I've been off track now for a year or two years or whatever. It's too late. It's never too late. Because God is gracious And he always welcomes us back into his plan and then he pours out his blessing and he pours out his favour and he pours out his goodness. And Naomi became sweet again because Ruth married Boaz and they had a beautiful son and that son was Naomi's grandson and he became the grandfather of King David. So her lineage was in the royal line. Because she got back into God's plan. And God blessed her so lavishly and so wonderfully. So Jesus came out of that line. Jesus came out of that line. Back to Bethlehem. Back to the place of Jesus' birth. Back to the bread of life. Isn't that awesome? So she realized late in life the importance of godly family. The importance of community the importance of staying in her calling and staying undercovering. But don't wait until late in life to realise the importance of all those things. We can realise it here today. We can live in it here today. We can step into it and stay in it. We can stay home, home with our Father, where He's called us to be. 
We can stay. We don't have to go off and experience the droughts and the dry times and the consequences of bad decisions. We can stay, stay close to our Father. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.